Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury Inside the Heart of a Champion with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790 The Ticket. Sunday, everybody. Welcome on in. It's Fighters Fury here on the ticket. Tobin here with you for the next hour as we go all over the world in mixed martial arts and boxing. We'll start with the sweet science from last night as Terrence Crawford was victorious in defending his WBO welterweight championship against Jose Benavidez Jr. A 12th round TKO systematic breakdown of his opponent. These guys went into this really, really bitter. A lot of talking back and forth. Fisticuffs getting down at the uh, at the weigh-ins and so a guy like Terrence Crawford you wonder whether or not you can actually rattle him can you get him to be less of the machine that he is a guy who is just a a, a stone-cold assassin in there will systematically break you down will switch sides will beat you to the body will beat you to the head will hit you with combinations you know could Benavidez get him off his game fight a little bit more emotional make him make a mistake and the answer to that was no he couldn't he couldn't. I mean, you know, he, he kept him off, kept him a little uncomfortable for about a round, maybe a round and a half. But, you know, eventually, Karen Crawford got those hands to fly. He he, he uh, was, was hitting to the body real strong, making Benavidez uncomfortable and got to the point where he was eventually able to put him down on the canvas and then eventually stopped the fight. And so, you know, Bud Crawford continues to impress. He continues to look like the best fighter on the planet, pound for pound. He um he he is a he is a big deal and that town in Nebraska loves him. They uh they love to watch him. He is their hometown guy. And we've just continued to see a a guy flourish with all the expectations on him, with all the the bright lights on him, with with everybody expecting just great performance after great performance. That's always when it gets tough, you know. These guys are are starting to to get to that next wave of boxing of guys who they're not just becoming stars, but they're trying to be on the brink of being a superstar. Can they get to that Canelo level? Can they get to that Floyd level? Uh, can they take that next step where everybody knows who they are? And with that comes expectations. With that comes more difficult fights. He was taking on a guy who was undefeated. He was taking on a tough character. Taking on a guy who was questioning his style. And he was. He was able to, to pass every single test. And that's why, you know, in my mind, he's the best pound-for-pound boxer on the planet right now. With his versatility, with his mix of uh, of, of stances, styles, um, just the just the toolbox that he brings to the ring, he is he is absolutely tremendous. Um, as far as excitement, not the most exciting fight in the world. He's not. He's I don't think always the most pleasing. But as far as just just watching him go out there and how to how to pick his guy apart, um, it, little by little, it's 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 really really tremendous. He is so impressive, Bud Crawford, and so. Gets himself a real nice win yesterday, and we'll see what's next. Obviously, what everybody wants to see is whether or not we can get him in a ring with with Errol Spence or really any of these PBC guys. Can we get any of those matchups in the near future? And that's a tough question. You know, we're at the spot right now with top rank 
where they have this tremendous platform at ESPN. We're getting all these platforms all over the place. DAZN, Showtime, HBO looks like they're out of the game, maybe outside of a one last hurrah with Canelo at the end of the year. But, the you know, and it's great that boxing is all over the place. It's great that boxing has all these platforms and that it looks like it's blossoming and that people still want to pay for this. You know, PBC is going to have a new deal open up with Fox towards the end of the year. And so that that's all great. But the, but the question has to be there about whether or not we can get these guys to fight together. Can we do cross promotion? Can we get these guys to to get in a ring with one another? Because you got to imagine that a fight versus him and Errol Spence would just be an absolute, absolute rock star fight and would really determine who is the best guy on the planet. Because for right now, all we're doing is spitball. We're just speculating. And, you know, we're going through this a little bit with the heavyweight division right now as far as Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. And they went around this dance. And, and luckily enough that we have a, a, a good fight coming up in Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. And we have a good fight that just happened with Alexander Povetkin taking on Anthony Joshua. But eventually we want to see the guy take on the guy. Who is the man? Who is who is the top dog? And I want to know what the answer is is between... Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence, they both have their hometown places. You know, Errol's such a big deal in Dallas, Texas. Terrence is such a big deal in Omaha, Nebraska. The The crowds are getting bigger. They're getting more boisterous. You know, they, they've had their stints in Vegas. They've had their stints in Brooklyn. But they really, you know, for us to to, to know of, of this next era, who is the guy who's really going to take that torch? That torch that's going to be left by Floyd Mayweather at 147 pounds. You know, that was such, it was such the the money division for so long because Floyd was in there, because Manny eventually got up there. And and who who is going to get the opportunity to take that torch from them? Who is going to be the guy who gets that mantle? Who is the guy who could really leap and become the next superstar? I don't think it happens with these guys not fighting each other. It doesn't happen with these guys fighting the best. This was a really good challenge by Bud Crawford. I'm not trying to demean who he fought. He took on a really tough challenge, uh, a guy who was, you know, taller than him a guy a guy who who really was uh was on a good run as far as stopping his opponents you could tell that he really was bothered by some of the things that he was saying in the lead up to this fight so i'm not trying to discredit the challenge but what i want to know is what can be done to make bud crawford a bigger deal what can be done because he's got the monster of espn behind him it feels like even in his in his in his own hometown he's becoming even bigger and bigger and bigger and you could tell they care about watching him fight, which is always a big deal. It's a big deal for Deontay Wilder for a while when he was fighting Alabama, and then eventually the crowds got bigger, the the venues got bigger. But for him, what can be done? What can be the next move that really gets him to the next level? What can be done to get Errol Spence really to the next level? Because Errol Spence, it's like on the sidelines. We can't we can't figure out when is he going to get a fight. When is he going to be out there active? These guys need to show down with each other, and I know it's tough because Al Heyman, and Bob Arum seemingly don't see eye to eye on these things and that's 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 always been the constant struggle as a boxing fan that these things are tied up by promoters and they want to keep their guys protected and they want to keep their their stuff in house because it makes them the most money but but you have this this glorious opportunity one of you is going to be on fox one of you is going to be on espn you have this monster platform mostly i'm talking about espn as far as day-to-day operations promotional fight could you imagine if we were really talking about errol spence versus terrence crawford taking on each other on espn that's promoted 
day after day after day after day. It would be absolute monster. It would be it would be an absolute monster. It's why UFC thinks it's, it's a much bigger deal to take that move from Fox to ESPN because it's just more in people's routine. It's more in people's habit. And yeah, all that was all, all that being said from Terrence Crawford, a, a tremendous performance by him. He is so outstanding to watch. The way he he just he's so vicious with it too. Like it's it's such a cerebral it's such a, a cerebral attack that he puts on these guys. Little by little, putting those body shots in the bank, wearing his guys down. And, and you know, Benavides would keep giving him the palms up, like, oh, you're not bothering me, not bothering me. But you could you just tell by even with the, the motions that he was saying during that fight, he was uh he was getting bothered by it. He was slowing down. The output wasn't quite there anymore. He didn't really have anything for Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford just looked a little too slick for it. Um really, really great performance by him. Moving on to Bellator from from uh, the last couple of days. We have Bellator 207 to 208. This was headlined by Chael Sonnen versus Fedor on last night's card and Friday night's card was Ryan Bader against Matt Mitrione to determine who was going to be in the heavyweight final. And the the interesting twist of this heavyweight Grand Prix was they didn't have enough heavyweights to fill out the Grand Prix. We have a, we have uh, we had two basically light heavyweights at this point in the semifinals in Chael Sonnen and Ryan Bader. And Matt Mitrione and Fedor had already taken on each other. And they had a really weird fight where they knocked down each other. Mitrione got up. It was almost like a, an ending to Rocky two, And was able to go and finish the job. But from this standpoint, if you had two light heavyweights ended up winning this thing, what really becomes the heavyweight division? So... Last night, you know, Chael was able to get one big takedown on, on, on Bader, but really, I mean, on uh, Fedor, wasn't really able to do much with it after he got the big fella down. Uh, he was rocked big time early in this fight. Uh, ended up in a weird scramble where Fedor get, uh, got on top of him, really started hitting him in the face repeatedly. That was all she wrote. You know, the Chael turtled up, and Fedor hit him with some real bombs, and Chael didn't really have anything for him. That's not really his game. Once you... Once Shell's not on top of you, it's it's uh, his his speed of toolbox. His toolbox is limited in that regard. So Fedor ends up moving on. Ryan, Ryan Bader won a real dominant yet boring fight against Matt Mitrione. The, the scorecards were were wild. I mean, 30-25, 30-24, 30-25. Just 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 rode Matt Mitrione to death. Uh, took him down repeatedly. Matt Mitrione had nothing to return for him, and so Bader ends up moving on. He's gonna be fighting Fedor. For the heavyweight championship, Bader's already the light heavyweight champion, um, and so look, I come out of this heavyweight tournament. It was a very cool idea. It was um, it was lacking a little bit. I felt in buzz this week. I don't know what it was because I thought the tournament in the whole was a good idea. I think there was a bit of a mixed martial arts hangover this week just because of everything that went down last week at Mad- at uh, in Vegas with with. Connor and Habib and all the news that has come out with Habib this week the UFC dropped a lot of bombs this week as far as news was concerned and we'll get to some of those fights that were announced a little bit later on in the show but I do feel like some of the sting was taken out of Bellator and this whole uh, idea and you know that's a big deal you know to, to, to really have the spotlight of that week and, and I felt like you know out of this weekend and, and the and the and the opportunity they had to promote the fight, 
you know, the biggest news we really got was Chael's reaction to the brawl. And Chael is your mouthpiece. He is the guy who's there to sell the card. And what mostly people got from him was uh, really great opinions, which he's which he's one to give. Uh, really great opinions on the Connor Habib incident, but not really about the Fedor thing. The Fedor thing was lacking a little bit of buzz. He really couldn't get into Fedor. He couldn't. You can't crack that Russian assassin mode. He's just so cold. He sits there with his translator. He doesn't react to anything. So, you know, I think any other opponent that he was in there with, you know, him and Bader had a little bit of heat. Him and Mitrion had a little bit of heat. But he wasn't fighting them this week. So if Chael doesn't have that ability to really irk his opponent or 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 talk down his opponent, you know, his fighting style isn't the most exciting in the world. So, you know, it was on, but I got to, you know, the thing I was tuning in most for this week, honestly, was to watch, watch Kimbo's son fight. And other than that, you know, the rest of the car was okay. It was, it was fine. Uh, there was some cool knockouts. You had a really cool... Um, high knee knockout that went down from Bellator. But as far as the championships were concerned, um, they were just lacking a little bit. And Bader doesn't has, as one of the most boring styles you could have in the, in the fight. It's, it's effective. It's great. You give him credit because he's as great as anybody in that tactic, but it isn't exciting. And so I guess what we're going to be looking for in this, in this upcoming fight with Fedor is, is he going to stand with him? You know, he, he knocked out, King Mo cold in about 15 seconds in this in this tournament run but I can't imagine that's really where I, I can't imagine he's going to want to stand and bang with Fedor Milenko I can't imagine that um, if he does win if he does hold up the the heavyweight title and the light heavyweight title that'll be an interesting thing for Bellator um, I don't think it's a huge deal because this heavyweight division hasn't really been active as far as titles are concerned in a long time with their promotion so I guess they could uh they could they, they don't have to worry about it in that regard but you know um yeah I do feel like this this weekend it just just didn't have the, the excitement that I was hoping for and I think part of that was if Chael was fighting anybody else if it, if if you had the Mitrion rematch with Fedor on the other side of the bracket I think that would have been cool because of the way the way the fight went if Chael would have fought Mitrion both of those guys are excellent talkers. I think that could have led to um, more buzz in their fight. Interesting clash of styles. Um, I think I think Mitrion would have had more windows there to uh, to fight the way he wants to fight. And same thing with Bader. Bader, you know, Bader has talked a lot of trash about uh, Chael in the lead up to this. But you you get in that you get your best talker in the matchup with a guy who doesn't talk. You lose a little bit of something there, and then you have Bader versus Mitrion. And there's such a there's such an oil and vinegar style matchup that the fight isn't that exciting to talk about. So we're kind of left in this realm of all right, if Bader wins the heavyweight title, I kind of feel like if Fedor wins it, I think that'll be good for Bellator because it'll be almost this renaissance for Fedor. He's still doing his thing. He's not the he's not the imposing, um, intimidating, mythical creature that he used to be. And I've never been a big Fedor guy. Like, when I got into mixed martial arts, it was, you know, Fedor, it was just, I remember it was one of the first events. I went with uh, with our boy Alex Dono. He, uh, he he was like, you know, talking about Fedor, talking about Fedor. I was like, all right, let's go check out this Fedor. And it was the fight where he ended up getting tapped out. And uh, so I was like, all right, well, there goes the whole Fedor thing for me. But, it, you know, it's still cut on and whatnot. But I never, 
I was never in the uh, the era of the unbelievable, unstoppable Fedor. But the the, the Bellator one, if if he was heavyweight champ again, if he had a if he had a trophy to go after, if he beats Bader, you have the Mitrione fight to at least go to right away because Mitrione beat him. If Bader wins, Bader's beaten Mitrione. He's beaten everybody in the light heavyweight division. So you have Ryan Bader just kind of on top, and good for him. He's excellent. You know, he, he kind of just was cast off by the UFC because they're like, look, Bader, you're not interested in a watch. And now you have him on top on two divisions in Bellator. Just a weird spot to be in for them. So that's uh, that's kind of your recap. Um, oh, as far as the, uh, the one thing I didn't want to mention this. So... Uh, Kimbo, Kimbo Slice Jr., Kevin Ferguson Jr., Baby Slice. There's one thing I want to say with it. They, they got to dump the Baby Slice. First of all, he doesn't like the name, and it, it's it's kind of just a goofy name, Baby Slice. I, I think it's just, you know, it should be Kimbo Slice Jr. or Kevin Ferguson Jr. and and, and go one of those ways. But Baby Slice, I think, is weird because interviewing a couple times, he doesn't even like going by that name. So that's strange to me. But uh, I was really into watching him fight this week. He, um... There was a cool moment with his uh, his manager, I see Mike, giving him the uh, the the legendary uh, Kimbo Slice fist chain and passing it on to him before weighing. So that was really cool. But this was his first fight at lightweight, and um, he he has a couple things. You know, he 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 trains in a really good camp with AJ McKee's AJ McKee's roommate, and trains in the same uh, camp as Aaron Pico. So, so Kimba Jr. is is in this point where he is uh, he he is in a really great set with a lot of great talent, and this fight that he had this past week where he was fighting Corey Browning and he was a monster favorite, like minus twelve hundred in some places, minus nine hundred, just just huge huge uh, favorite going into this. This was set up for him, and really entertaining fight. I mean, if we could just say that, I mean, it was you know Corey Browning is is early in his career as well. This is only Kimbo Jr.'s fifth fight. And so Slice is, you know, he get he ends up getting on top of him. It looks like he's about to choke him out. And then just out of nowhere, just runs out of energy and just kind of basically just keels over, takes a few shots, and doesn't have any energy to return fire. And so Corey Browning ends up getting the win. And, you know, I, I this is just what I want to say. Like, this is this is the guy's fifth fight. It's his fifth mixed martial arts fight. And if you have been watching Kimbo Jr., he has shown a lot of great tools. He has shown a lot of great assets in that octagon. He's training with a really good camp and is doing a lot of steps that actually his father didn't do. Like his father was just the all-imposing street brawler, just went in there to to knock heads off. But, you know, his son goes in there and he has a lot of tools that he can bring. It's just kind of polishing all those things and making them whole. So just want to say that, like, don't don't just think like, oh, he's 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 Kimbo's son and he, uh, you know, he clearly is is uh, is just there by his name. No, like the guy is training with absolute monsters. He is both of his losses. He still had moments where he has looked absolutely great in the fight. This one he gassed out. His first loss, he basically got got caught with something after he was dominating the fight. So there are some like ring maturity things that are still just to come. But I think that comes with the with the with the growing pains of the sport. And so just wanted to mention that I thought it was uh, thought it was an entertaining scrap. That he uh, that he gassed out for it also was the challenge. It was the first fight he had to make for lightweight, so just uh, just the interesting uh, hometown twist as far as that's concerned, uh, because he is from down here. So anyway, when we come back. A lot of big fights were announced this week for UFC. Some big championship fights. They have a hell of a schedule to round out the year, and a huge, huge 
proclamation put out by Khabib Nurmagomedov as far as his UFC future is concerned. We'll get to that after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back, guys. It's Fighters Fury here on The Ticket. Moving on from uh, last night's action, let's get into some of the news of the week this week. Uh, I want to start off with the Habib news because that's obviously, I mean, I got to tell you, it's been crazy seeing all the coverage of it. Um, People care about Habib in a different way now, which is cool to see. I mean, people are really into it. His his statement that he made this week, he got coverage on CNN. He was getting mainstream coverage all over the place. Uh, People are still doing the breakdown of the fight and who threw first to what happened interesting thing that came out two interesting things came out um you know there was debate about who threw the first punch and what caused everything in this melee and i mean it's been broken down like the bigfoot film man as far as all the angles that are people coming through the slowdowns the zoom ins everything that they've been putting out there and there's been a few interesting things you know what has been said to Habib that was thought to have uh, started this somebody said that maybe Dylan Dennis um took it made a religious slur at at Habib um it it but apparently seems to be this so his manager uh Habib's manager was walking up the octagon and saw Dylan Dennis it kind of like started doing the old uh, attaboy tap him on the shoulder and Dylan said something to him. We can't hear what he said. But then the manager shoves him. And apparently Habib had seen this, uh, them going at it. And that's what made him hop over the cage. It's a really cool angle you can see on on this stuff. And that's really what started the melee. It wasn't a question of something that Dylan was saying to Habib personally, although I'm sure he was jawing at him. But it was actually the uh, it was it was those two getting into it that that really caused it. And. The other thing is, we're still at this point where we need to know what happens with Connor. Like they they showed some angles. I mean, some of the sucker punches that Connor took in the whole, you know, the whole the whole conflict of it all. And the other thing was, there was this weird spot of okay, did Connor throw the first punch at one of Khabib's teammates? And it looks like it from some angles. There's there's also an angle though where, you know, Khabib's coach is up on top of that cage and there's some thought process that he was trying to lift Connor's leg back over the cage to make sure that he didn't go and help his friend and so that's what caused Connor to throw either way all bad so here's what ends up happening you have the Nevada State Athletic Commission has suspended both Habib and Connor uh, temporarily they're gonna have a hearing at the end of October um I think it's actually this week no in 10 days in the 24th they're going to have a hearing to determine how long they will be suspended after they do the full investigation. But uh, Connor is involved in this as well because of the punch that he did throw at one of Khabib's uh, uh, one of Khabib's coaches. But he still got paid. Uh, Habib has not been paid yet. Now, the interesting thing that came out of this is we're still uh, waiting. It, it, remember what happened. Uh, Zabaro uh, Takag- uh, Takugov, his, uh, his teammate, he was taken off the card in his fight with Artem Lobov. And this was the this was the power move that Habib pulled this week. You know, Habib's uh, get, getting uh, brought into Russia in a hero's welcome. That front-run Putin. He, uh, and he is a front-runner. I, I mean, I can't get over this. This Vladimir Putin, he goes... No, don't look at me like that, Antoine. This Vladimir Putin is such a phony. I mean, 
he he really is. He he is the Drake of of presidents, Russian Drake, because as soon as Habib beats Conor McGregor, then all of a sudden he wants to hobnob. Now while now while Habib is 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 interim champ or 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 uh, non undisputed champ while he's at the World Cup, he wasn't invited to the to to, to the uh, into the into the press box or to the luxury box with Putin. And you know that some stuff's going down in that luxury box with Putin. I, I, I gotta imagine it's the greatest luxury box known to man. There, there's, there's probably like, there's probably like crazy zoo animals like feeding grapes. They probably train tigers to feed you grapes. Just, just crazy Russian stuff that's going on. But as soon as this Habib becomes undisputed champion, and and beats the holy hell out of Connor, then big Putin wants to, uh, hey, hey, Habib, I never doubted you, man. I, I, you you do Russia well. Oh, okay, okay, Pootie. I gotcha. All right, Pootie Tang. I understand. Now all of a sudden you want to be on, 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 on the Beeb's side. Big phony. Just a just a huge phony. Neither here nor there. Now let's get to this stuff. So Habib comes out and he says, I would like to address the UFC. Why didn't you fire anyone when their team attacked a bus or injured a couple of people? They could have killed someone in there. Why no one says anything about insulting my homeland, religion, nation, or family? Why do you have to punish my team when it was both teams that fought? If you say that I started it, I do not agree. I finished what he started. In any case, punish me, not my team. And he had nothing to do with it. And if you think I can keep silent, you are mistaken. You canceled Zabaro's fight, and you want to dismiss him just because he hit Connor. But do not forget that it was Connor who had hit my brother, uh, my other brother first. Check the video. Um... If you decide to fire him, you should know that you'll lose me too. We never give up on our brothers in Russia. Unless you're Putin. Unless you're Putin and you give up and then all of a sudden once you win, then he's on your side. Anyway, back to the statement. Uh, we never give up on our brothers in Russia. And I will go to the end for my brother. If you still decide to fire him, don't forget to send me my broken contract. Otherwise, I'll break it myself. And one more thing. You can keep my money that you're withholding. You are pretty busy with that. And I hope it doesn't get stuck in your throat. We have defended our honor, and that is the most important thing, and we intend to go to the end. Hashtag brothers. Badass move by Habib. Badass move, standing up for his teammate, using his power and his leverage to uh, to get his guy his fight. Um, this is what I think. I think Zabar should still get his – I think he should be able to keep his job. All right? There was a lot of crazy circumstances that led to this stuff. None of it great. But I do think this. He should not fight Artem Lobov. That that cannot happen. These two teams need to be separated for now until it's Khabib versus Connor all over again. Do not put yourself in a situation where him and Artem are on the same card. Let Zabara fight. That's fine. I'm cool with that. Just do it the next card after. Put him on one of these monster pay-per-views that you put together towards the end of the year. But don't put yourselves in a position where there's going to be another melee because there will be another melee so artem was scheduled to fight in two weeks i believe he's supposed to they were scheduled to fight at the end of the month on the ozdemir anthony uh anthony smith card so don't get crazy with it man like let's not be in this this part they uh you, you can find something else i don't I, I don't i don't think that he should lose his gig and i think it's cool that khabib is sticking up for him and saying that he would break his contract with the UFC for him. That'd be awesome. 50 Cent came out this week, offered him two mil to fight in Bellator. And Habib was like, yeah, send me location. Please, please send me location. I thought, 
That'd be cool. If you just what if you just rogue went because look, if you're hanging out with Putin, you don't give a bleep about contracts. So if, if this Putin's all of a sudden all over all over him and he wants to 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 just do uh Habib's will, then screw the contract. Why don't Bellator just go over to Russia and do events there? He'll break the contract that way if he if if that's what he says. But there's a couple of things. Like if if Connor and him are temporarily both suspended, um I guess Habib's going to get his his contract, I assume, in 10 days when they have their hearing. Get him get him his money. Um, because the whole thing is just, out of all of this, all of it is just wrong. Like, everything that went down just went too far, went too crazy. Um, would it have all been a little bit less crazy if Habib didn't hop over the cage? I think so. But maybe something happens backstage that we didn't see. The thing that is that has to be, though, looked at here is all of this stuff got out of hand. All of it did. And these two together is toxic. It really is. And they really, I I think, need some cooling off. I don't think that we should go into this thing. There's a couple of reasons. One, I personally don't think Conor deserves a rematch. You know, we talked about this last week. I thought he was dominated every which way in that fight. You know, Khabib had the best strike. Dominated him on the ground, submitted him. I don't really think there's anything that needs to be seen here. I think Connor needs to get right, put him against Poirier, put him against Nate Diaz, put him against somebody who he's going to be having an opportunity to stand with a little bit. Um, but there is a little bit of get right with Connor that has to happen as far as just just getting his, I think, confidence back. You know, I was hearing, uh, I heard John Cavanaugh this week on the Joe Rogan podcast. And, you know, Cavanaugh went into this, this weird. He had a couple of points that he made, that they went into this fight thinking too defensive of how to stop Habib, and that also that they wanted to tire Habib out. And I thought both of those strategies are terrible. One, Connor's not a defensive fighter. He's an offensive fighter. He goes forward and he cracks. Secondly, he's always best in the first round. So this idea that you were going to tire Namagamadoff out, I wh- what, what evidence did you think that was going to happen? Was he huffing and puffing a little bit? All right, but it's not like if you want to talk about it, who do you go in there concerned about their gas tank more? It's your fighter, not 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 Habib. So I don't I don't I didn't quite get that strategy. I thought that was a little bit off. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that if you go into a rematch, you got to have Connor on all cylinders firing early and going for broke almost. It can't be a situation where you're hoping to 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 drain Khabib's battery. That's not going to happen, man. So, weird stuff coming out of there. When we come back, we will get to uh, a lot of the fights that were announced this week. The return of John Jones. Daniel Cormier is coming back in the ring. A lot of things went down this week. Nate Diaz versus Dustin Poirier is off. We'll get into all that stuff on the other side. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back, guys. We roll on. We go on on Fighters Fury. I was just watching actually in the uh, in the break. Bellator put out this cool video of Fedor and Chael after the words, and uh, you know Fedor's got to just translate that. But there's you know both good sportsmanship afterwards. Um, Fedor ended up giving him his uh, his walkout shirt and his walkout uh, his walkout jacket, and uh, Chael was appreciative. Says I'm going to give this to my son, and uh, just really cool, really cool, uh, cool moment after 
after and, and that is you know with the with the with the OG trash talker the guy who who talked his way into um crazy big fights um but you see that that it was it was still able to end in a uh, a respectful way even though things didn't get too crazy with Fedor because again it's it's hard to get things crazy with Fedor he doesn't talk he's 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 a he's a stone man it's, it's wild but um but it's still cool to see after after the week that was uh, all that stuff going down anyway Let's get to some of the news that went out, went down this week because there was a lot of uh, a lot of announcement of fights, cancellation of fights. So the biggest news I would I would go into this category was Madison Square Garden has been looking for a main event for a long time, and it was announced the week before. It was it was announced the week of UFC two twenty nine that it was going to be Valentina Shevchenko against Soraya Eubanks. And, you know, which kind of bummed everybody out because we were hoping for it was going to be Nate Diaz versus Dustin Poirier, maybe the inaugural 165 title, even though that was all pretty much fighter-created. It was still a cool story. Like, the idea that the fan scene behind it, the fighter scene behind it, five rounds of, of Poirier versus Nate Diaz, shout out, let's do it. And we didn't get that. It ended up being, you know, this this flyweight title, this vacant flyweight title. Which is uh, which is fine. I love watching Valentina Shevchenko fight. She's an absolute badass. I don't know anything about Ubex. I've never watched her fight before, but you know, it's it, this is this has happened. And you know, shout out to the ladies who have who have saved many a uh, many a cards that have fallen apart. They have been as the main event. But you know, it, it's Madison Square Garden, which obviously comes with a little bit of extra, uh, mystique to it. We had Ariel Hawani on Fight Week, and he's like, you know, it's just like it's Madison Square Garden. You know, they've been hoping to be in New York for so long, and they like to treat those ones as special. And I get it. Um, so what ends up happening this week is the rumors started leaking out that they were working on Daniel Cormier to come back and fight. And who was he in talks to fight? Derek Lewis. The, the, the man, the, if there was, if, if there was, if, if you looked at the end of UFC 229 and it was just a real stink bomb, not because of the fight. But just because of all the antics that went out, the shining ray of light in that fight card was Derek Lewis. Card, I look, I enjoyed uh, outside of all the crush, uh, the the crazy stuff that went down last week. There was uh, there was Tony Ferguson's return was amazing. Michelle Walderson was great. Derek Lewis though stole the show with with that comeback knockout of of Volkov, just absolutely stole the show. And, you know, his followers went up from, like, 300,000 to 1.3 million on Instagram. He just be- he became he- – and he's- he has dropped some gems before. Where Ronda Rousey fine ass at, telling his wife that when he gets home, I'm going deep. He is ending the sex hiatus. And this one, where he says that his boys are hot, that's why he took his shorts off. And that and and that Donald Trump called up and he had to knock out that Russian, and then and then just that he and then just goes I ain't in any cardio shape. Don't be talking about a title fight. But what do they do this week? Derek Lewis versus Daniel Cormier for the heavyweight championship. I I feel so good for Derek Lewis. I'm so happy that he's getting this title shot. First of all, he's one of the most entertaining personalities the UFC has. Second of all. Punches about as hard as anybody in the sport, so he's always got that one shot. He is, he is, the, he is going into this with the with the existential puncher's chance. That's what he's going into this with. 
But we have seen that with Cormier before. He's gone in there with Anthony Rumble Johnson, who also hits about as hard as anybody in the sport. It was at light heavyweight. He caught DC once. And normally, Rumble catches you, and it's over. It's night-night time. Um, it'll be interesting. The one thing I'll say about Derek, Derek seems like he gets through three rounds. Yeah, he, he mentions his cardio, but he keeps going. Um, and, and Rumble, Rumble would, I'd say, because of all that muscle on him, he would gas out a little bit easier than than Derek does. Derek doesn't uh, doesn't have all that oxygen flowing to that to that uh, Adonis like physique like Rumble does. So maybe that'll help him out a little bit more. He'll get a couple. He'll get a little bit extra opportunity over five rounds to to make that one miracle shot. But yeah, matchup wise, you look at this, you say, hey, we've seen this fight twice at two hundred five, and it was against Rumble Johnson. DC should handle this pretty easily. But either way, him taking this fight on short notice. I hope he got a whole heap load of cash to save this card because this is a main event that is buzzworthy. He's not getting DC at 100. There's one thing. DC said on on uh, Helwani's show not too long ago that he couldn't even make a fist. And so with this matchup, you aren't quite getting 100% Daniel Cormier. You aren't quite getting the guy that knocked out Stipe Miocic. The other thing is, speaking of Stipe, you do have to feel for him a little bit because... Stipe, out of all this stuff, you know, if Connor's getting an immediate rematch with uh, Joanna Jacek getting an immediate rematch, Ronda getting rematches, every, usually if you have a run, Cody Garbrandt, usually you have a good run, you're an entertaining champion, you get an immediate rematch. And Stipe's fight style is entertaining. His personality is that of a block, but he is an entertaining fighter. I like to watch Stipe Miocic fight, and he will get his shot. I, I, you know, the one thing I will say is, I, I, I'm still fine with this happening because it's such last minute. It is so gimmicky. You know the circumstances around this. I'm cool with it. DC is the champ. You know, DC could have sat out until the Brock Lesnar fight. So he's coming in. He's doing the company a bit of a solid as well. Um, but but there's make no mistake. Whenever whenever that time comes, you have to give Steve. Steve does not have to win a fight to go earn a title shot. I hope that that sentiment has not been put down to him. Even with him losing the way to Daniel Cormier that he did, just getting absolutely starched, he is not in the position where he has to go earn a title shot. He has earned a title shot. He's the longest reigning heavyweight champ of all time. Um, but that being said, even with even Derek Lewis acknowledged, like Steve Bay deserves it more than I do, but bleep it. I'm excited for this fight, no matter what, because of what what Derek Lewis brings in a fight week, what he brings as far as that, that monster, monster right hand. And who knows? Maybe he could... Sh- if he wins this fight, he, sh- he shakes it all up. He shakes it all up, man. So that'll be cool to see. The other thing that was announced this week, though, we did get one big scrap on this card, uh, scratch on this card, and that was Dustin Poirier. He is off the fight with Nate Diaz. Uh, at that time, it was an undisclosed injury. He has now disclosed that it is a hip injury. Doesn't think it's going to take him out that long, but disappointing. I wanted to see this fight with, with Nate Diaz. Dustin Poirier is on an amazing roll right now. Uh, that's about as high profile an opponent as you can give Dustin outside of Connor itself in this division. And uh, you know, if he would have won that fight, it would have it would have he would have been in talks. If if Dustin would have won this fight with Nate, there could have been talks about him deserving a title shot just as much as Tony because of his record. I still think Tony's slightly favored in any talks of who deserves the title shot more. Talking deserves, not who's going to get it. I think, I think honestly, if we if we sit back, Connor's probably going to get his way and get the title shot. Tony deserves it the most. 
in any other division, Dustin would deserve three title shots for what he's put forth right now. But he just happens to be in the best division with the biggest star, with the most guys who have held the championship over the past calendar year. So that's just the situation he finds himself in. It's not It's not a, a knock on Dustin at all. So I really want to see this fight, though. I, I hope we get this remade down the line. I hope that, that Nate and Dustin put this uh, put this back together, even if it, maybe they can put it down for a five-rounder. Who knows? Maybe for a fight night, maybe towards the end of the year, maybe put it on the John Jones-Gustafson card. But uh, I still want to see this match. I'm intrigued by it a lot. So healthy uh, healthy recovery to Dustin Poirier. Uh, guy trains down here. He's been absolutely amazing. And we, uh, we want to see him back in the octagon soon. But the big, big news also this week, we've had a lot of big news this week. John Bones Jones' return has been announced. UFC 232, December 29th. The best guy to ever fight in the octagon, John Jones, is going to take on his biggest challenge. The guy who's put the most pushback on him ever in his career. The most vulnerable John Jones has ever been in a cage was against Alexander Gustafson. And, you know, John's going to talk a lot. I'd imagine in this lead-up, he's going to talk a lot about how he barely trained for this fight, that he was on drugs for this fight. That's fine. That's fine. But when it all came down to it, the guy who put John Jones on the brink of losing his belt more than anybody was Gustafson. He goes into this cage. He's the same height as John, so he doesn't have that freakish Frankenstein reach that he does with other guys. He's a better boxer than John as far as those two fists are concerned. But what John brings to the cage is every limb. John brings that. He brings that that crazy long stance. He brings those long legs, those elbows, the unorthodox methods. So we'll see. The one thing I'll say about John is you give John a little bit more intel. He's a, he, 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 it's, 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 like giving, it's like giving Superman all the cheat codes. So I don't know if Gus will have that same kind of success against a Bones Jones that doesn't take him lightly, that knows what's coming back at him. And the other thing with John is, look, John did get the win. You know, I, this is one of those things where I thought John, uh, John squeaked one out. John showed his gutsiest performance against Alexander Gustafson. He dug in those last three rounds, and he did everything he had to do. He showed as much a heart of a champion as we have seen from him in his career, a guy who you, who's rarely physically challenged. We saw him in this fight. It was, it was one of the best fights of all time. And so to have the UFC close out the year like this, I mean, you know, we've been giving the UFC a lot of heat as far as a lot of main events falling through and that they had a star problem. This end of the year for, for UFC has been absolutely tremendous. There's been a lot of buzz fights. There's been a lot of fun fights. There's been a lot of fights that fans have cared about. And it's a lot of momentum going into that ESPN TV deal. They, they really should be commended for what they have done. Also, the reports came out that it seems like the uh, pay-per-view buy rate for Connor versus Habib was around $2.4 million. Way overshot what I thought it was going to do. I thought it was going to do more like $1.4. And whiffed on that. People were very excited to see Connor back. They were excited about this matchup. They were excited about the bad blood. Um, and you see that kind of that kind of buy rate come in. It almost it's it's almost crazy to think they're not gonna do it again. And again, I don't think Connor deserves the rematch. I still think he needs to get one right because he was dominated in every which way in that fight. But and the other thing is 
I just think there's so many deserving candidates at 155. I think there's a lot of intriguing matchups for Habib at 155. So, and I know the Tony thing is cursed, but I don't care. Like that that fight in my lifetime, I want to see Habib versus Tony Ferguson. I need to know which one of those guys is better. I need to. I need to. It's it, it's it's essential for me to know who comes out of that thing on top because I think it is such a, a intriguing matchup, such a great matchup. Both of those guys are, are are really really great. They're both awesome. So it's uh it's gonna be a fun one, man. This is a fun end of the year as far as you know DC versus Derek Lewis. You got Max Holloway, Brian Ortega, two thirty one and two thirty two. You got John Jones, Alexander Gustafson. That 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 that's a that's a money final three pay per views that this company has. Really really great for the UFC, and um, you know hopefully all this stuff washes aside with with uh, with Connor and. And Habib, as far as the drama is concerned, and they don't get too lengthy suspension, but it's crazy. It's all over the place with this suspension news. Like, heard stuff where they think, like, I've heard Kevin Ioli say he thinks for sure it's going to be a year. And then you see Dana. Dana says he hopes it's only four to six months. Nothing crazy. Um, that's where I hope it lies. You know, I hope Dana's. I hope Dana's words pull some weight there with the Nevada State Athletic Commission, who it ultimately, uh, it ultimately rests in their hands. But you know, this. Uh, it's best that we see those guys both back in action that this this stuff had a lot of bad stuff around it a lot of toxic stuff around it uh i hope khabib's teammate gets to fight again even with all the actions of connor you get that there was bad stuff that boiled over the only thing they can't do is have him fight artem they can't have him fight artem so we'll see we'll see what all unfolds this week it's a pretty quiet week next week guys like there's not there's no ufc next week there's no pelator next week um boxing's pretty you know boxing's pretty light you know michael conlin and katie taylor are going to be fighting and the zone and espn plus respectively those are probably the big young names you want to watch out for by the way shout out to shakur stevenson man he looked unbelievable first round knockout three vicious knockdowns um a, a guy who they they touted as like the next floyd mayweather on, on some publications i don't know if he's going to be that but he uh he definitely looks like the real deal as far as a prospect's concerned you're starting to see that power come to fruition so um, but yeah, pretty quiet week this week. So we'll see what news falls out as far as, uh, as far as what goes down with that. But as far as the action in the ring, it's going to be, it's going to be a quiet one, but doesn't matter. There's always stuff that pops up and we'll talk to you guys next time. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.